Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right. Coming in on the big, big show. Hey, what's up, Chris? What's up with you, Brett? <laughs> wow, that about says it all. Uh, Al is here as well. Happy to Al be Kanisky, here. Uh, yes. Who will get a proper introduction once the show begins, Al. Don't worry. That's not your official intro. Um, feel free to chime in. This is the cold open, so the show hasn't officially started. Right, producer Katie? Yeah, it's like a soft opening or whatever. Um, uh, this one feels colder than usual, though. I don't <laughs> well, know. our friend Ryan is not with us. Um, I mean, don't he's worry, alive. he's alive. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way to go about. It. He's, wow. he's no longer with us. That's dark. Um, no, he he texted in, but he's having surgery today. You all you all know he shattered his ankle and all that, but he's getting all the pins and stuff taken out or their whatever giving him the Wolverine blood or whatever they're doing down there today, Al. So, Al, you had to have some surgeries over your time, huh? Yeah, well, I've had more stitches than I've had surgeries, Oof. but, uh, you know, that's uh, that's just the the, uh, the world of hockey. I think the surgeries start to happen maybe when you start to get a little bit older and start playing beer league hockey and thinking that you're still in your 20s. <laughs> Of course, and also, you know, he, he, he when he tells the story, and it has to be true because that's how it goes, he was having the game of his life. And like you said, Al, oh, he, sure. was, he was feeling younger than ever. That's when it happens. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, yeah, yeah. yep. You start going into the corner a little faster. You start uh, <laughs> thinking that uh, maybe you can beat this guy wide, and that guy turns out to be an 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that what they do also in those leagues? They'll bring in a ringer. You know, it's late in the season. They just, especially a sport like that, they're like, oh, put a helmet on, kid. No one will recognize you. Get out. Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except you're 120 pounds and 18 years old and skating around people. Oh, my gosh. Chris, uh, Are you Al? still out there, Al? Yeah. That, yeah. There you go. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, it, it's it's a little bit harder this time of year because uh, my opportunities are are far and few with the schedule of the Kraken. But uh, huh. it, as as frequently as I can get out, absolutely, I get out. That's what I was just going to say, Chris. Is we have to quickly start this show so that we can start oh. talking uh, some hockey, but then mostly just old <laughs> hockey stories without. Hey guys, I jump the gun. Yes, I jump the gun. What? Yes. Release the show. It's release the show, the first and your favorite Kraken podcast on the internet. Let's be honest, everybody. Come on. Well, except for Benton and whatever Benton's doing. We love Benton, right, Chris? <laughs> Don't we love Benton? And uh, how about producer Katie just crushing it over here? And also shout out to Ryan, uh, wherever he is, for just lining up the guests and knocking them down this season, Chris. Uh, from Benton last week to Al Kaniski this week. Al, uh, you guys know, is the analyst on the KJR side of things for the Kraken this season. Yay! 
You also know him from doing the Silver Tips games for years. He was a Seattle Thunderbird in the play-in days and all of that. And uh, Al, it's just such a pleasure to have you here, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Do you know what I know about Al? What's that? How big of a Wiener Schnitzel fan he is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming in hot with wow. this Wiener Schnitzel live read. Producer Katie doing her research. Al, I know how much you love hot dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> you can't play in the league and not have a chili dog every now and then, Katie. Come on now. And if you are craving yeah. a chili dog yourself, there are two Wiener Schnitzel locations one in Everett, one in Fife. Go get Wiener Social for lunch and tell them that the Release the Show podcast sent you. They'll give you free ice cream. Yes. We've got pole over there, Brett. Yes. So uh, I'll add some ice cream to your chili dog. You're good to go. Dessert is on the podcast, everybody. A free ice cream cone with your purchase. Tell them Release Sounds the Show. Like a great, something like a great men's league pregame meal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Swing Not going to weigh you down too much. Pick it up for the whole team. How many times can you tell them Release the Show for free ice cream cones? Can the whole, <laughs> at least the first two lines. Come on now. Um, <laughs> you guys, uh, that's enough. We have to stop avoiding talking, cracking in hockey now. Now we need to talk about it. Um, Al, <sighs> okay. Chris asked this question a long time ago in season number one. And so I recorded it so that we can play it. Here's Chris's question. Do we suck? <laughs> Al, are you sure that was me? What's going <laughs> on, man? We, we had Benton on the show last week and he fired us back up. He, he turned our negativity around telling us that the schedule ahead seemed better for us and that we, we, we would find ourselves this week feeling better, except, oh, no, I don't feel very good, Al. How should we feel as Kraken fans right now? Well, you should feel like uh, – you should feel a little disappointed. Not angry, disappointed. Oh. And, I, and I think that uh, because you have high expectations based on how things ended last year with the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to think that you would just pick it right up from there and off you'd go. But um, the league uh, sets it up where, you know, you, it's hard to keep the same personnel from one year to the next. But that's not an excuse. That's just the reality. But I think talking about this season, um, yeah, there there have been some, some surprises. I think it's been a surprise the the slow start that Maddie Beneers has had. Um, it's been a surprise, and the statistics don't lie. It's been a surprise that the Kraken don't win unless they score four goals or more, and if they score three or fewer, they lose, mm. uh, which which is insane to me. But um, that's a, that's an area of concern too, because in, in in this league to be successful, you need to be able to win three one three two hockey games. Yeah. So um, I, I think in, until things get to the point where the team is winning those kinds of games, um, things aren't right, and 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 we'll continue to work on them. So what, that, what, that's, what that's is the, the short end. What is the biggest piece they're missing from last year? Then who left, or 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 what is missing? Well, I mean, obviously there were some there were some moves made in the off season. Uh, Geeky Donato. Um, Tanner's been hurt for the, since the start start of the season. Right. Um, comes back last night, scores a goal. So uh, th- th- there's been some changes. There's been some guys that have left the team that were were that put up some points, and the guys that have come on haven't put the same level of points up. Uh, and, and and you know from a goaltending standpoint, uh, we we don't necessarily have a number one goaltender yet. Um, sometimes that's a good thing because two guys competing for a number one spot is is good. But um, what's not happening yet is, like I said, we're not keeping those goals against frequently under three enough enough times to give us a chance to win. 
Yeah. Uh, Chris, I mean, for you, I mean, was it the Coyotes game or was it these last two, the four to one <laughs> with the Oilers or the five to one against the Avalanche? I mean, we beat the Avalanche, you know, four three there in there. But th- but, yeah. just, you know, these last two. I think it's the continued up and down that just plays with your heart and your emotions. And that was where my big sigh came from. Of course, the Coyotes from, you know, a couple seasons ago, we have this whole thing where. Why can't we beat the Coyotes ever? Every time I see the Coyotes on the schedule, I get excited. But I need to remind myself that it's the Kraken. And for some reason in our history so far, we cannot beat this team. That we're supposed. I, I mean, to I, I think it has something to do with that Mullet Arena. Uh, <laughs> if, if you haven't been before, right. um, think of the uh, the Everett Silvertips Arena, twenty five percent smaller. Oh, I mean, it's it, it's so Weird. tiny, and and it feel almost feels like a preseason game. And so you you know mentally you're like, this is a tiny build, building, feels like a preseason game. And, you know, the game doesn't really matter, and all of a sudden it's three nothing, and you're late in the third period. So. Yeah. So I'm not, again, not blaming that, but that's one of the, the things with the Arizona Coyotes. I think the other thing too, guys, is that, you know, whether it's Calgary who was coming off of six losses in a row playing angry, whether it was Edmonton and what was going on with them playing angry, um, I, I think the next test is going to be when we, when we face San Jose and probably they're playing a little bit angry too. <laughs> I'm already nervous about it, Al. I'm already nervous about it. It's like it's I don't want to be the next team that uh, gets talked about losing to San Jose. So so I, I I think you know what what's consistent in all of those is and there's no way to prove this, but sometimes you take teams lightly. I know from my playing days when we had a really good team in Seattle and we played the worst team in the league. There were a couple times throughout the season they beat us. Mm. And it was because we took them lightly. We thought it was going to be an easy game. Now, at the NHL level, there's just no easy nights. Every team has enough guys on it that can beat you, have enough players that can stop pucks. And if you let off your, if you let off your game just a little bit, then – apologize, I'm having a connection thing here. Um, if you let off of your game just a little bit, then even the worst team in the league is going to beat you on that night. So I, I think that's what happened to Edmonton down in San Jose – it's what's happened to us a couple of times over the last few games. And that's sometimes that could be equated to early season maturity where you've just got to mature as a team to recognize you can't take any nights off. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. I mean, well, first of all, just to go back to the San Jose thing, I think there's four, let's see, we have four games until then, and I'm already sweating it. I'm just freaking yeah. out because <laughs> I was looking for where they were on the schedule and then, but it, like with what you're saying, I just, oh man, we got to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's like the, that's the bar though. I mean, that's the minimum for a professional sports team, I think is go beat, win the games you're supposed to first. Um, but Al, you, in your playing days, you, you must've been on some teams that maybe had a slow start like this or whatever. I mean, how did you write the ship? Uh, you talk about maturity. Um, yeah. Is it like maturity from a, do you need a veteran leader who steps forward? I mean, Chris and I talked about last week, there's no captain. They're not going to name a captain, but do they need to name a captain so it can come from one person? Like, where's yeah. the leadership is, and, 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 and coach hack on this. Right. I mean, so for us, it's like, does it come from the players? Does it come from the coach? I think the answer is both, um, I, and, and usually and every coach is different, um, so, I, so I can't speak to Hackstall's method specifically, but oftentimes, you know, the coach will pull those leaders into the room, whether it's two captains or two assistants and a captain or all of all the assistants, but those are the leaders of the team, and he, he'll speak to that group 
as they're, as if they're equals, even if there's a captain and assistants. And they'll discuss what's going on. How do we fix this? You know, some feedback back and forth. And then those that, that leadership, the captains, will go back with the team and meet with them. So I think that's one of the ways that st this stuff gets sort sorted out is those conversations between coaching staff, captains, and then captains to players. But I also think that that it's also on the ice in practice as well. Uh, we talked a lot, Fitz and I, on the radio last night about the practice they had the other day and how intense it was. And a lot of the guys were bent over on their knees, holding their sticks, breathing heavy. Like it was a hard, intense practice. Hack stopped it at one, one time, said a few terse words. Like the guys got the message that it's time to step up. Mm -hmm. And in the game last night, in the first period, it looked like that worked. Like the way they played in the first period was probably, if not the best, one of their best periods of hockey so far this season. Now you can say, well, they've had a lot of games this year where they've scored in the first period and we clapped them off the ice going into the second. And, you know, they come, the other team came back and scored, but the first period was so intense, so high energy, full of everything that I thought that they needed to play 60 minutes of hockey. They just didn't do it for the next 40. So, um, I hope they look at that first period. I hope they talk about, you know, what they did at practice the other day, the, the style of play they need, they need to have, and they carry that um, into Edmonton tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up watching hockey movies, this is the point in the movie where the coach either takes the team to the mall and they all go rollerblading through it and, <laughs> you know, create some havoc as young rascals do, or he, yeah, takes like, you know, screams and knocks over the Gatorade cooler and, and whatever. Yeah. But uh, going back to your days though, which one works best or is it different for each team? And, and, and what's that like as a player when you're off to this kind of a start, how do you turn things around? I, I think that, you know, the feeling of being a family is important. And those, those 20 guys have to feel that they're a family. And, you know, I have older boys now, but I always tell them as it relates to the working world, you don't have to like everybody, but you have to be able to work with them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a family, you know, like my brother's my brother, whether I like him or I don't like him, he's my brother. And I would stand up for him from somebody outside of my family every single day, whether I like him or not. And I do like him, but if I didn't. And that's the way a, a hockey team has to operate as well, is that, Brett, you and I can be on the same line together, and we may not get along, you know, outside the arena, but when we're on the ice together, if somebody touches you, I'm coming after you sure. because you're part of my family. Mm -hmm. And I think that family mentality is is a little light right now with the Kraken. How do they fix that? They fix that with what you just said. It's It's those intense practices. It's, hey, guys, it's us against everybody. You know, the fans are turning on us or, you know, the, the other teams think it's an easy win when they come into our building. Um, and, you know, maybe not rollerblading through the mall, but probably some time <laughs> together a little bit. You know, yeah. some of that happens in the preseason. They went and played, uh, I think, some golf in the preseason. There's probably going to be maybe a dinner coming up where they go out and let loose a little bit. Like that stuff matters. And that's what we did as well. Now, maybe it wasn't big steak dinners, but somebody's house had a party and you know, it was an, an unnamed location and we probably shouldn't have been drinking, but we were, but th <laughs> those kinds of events happen yeah. and it brings that family tighter together. So I think that that's what needs to happen. Well, it feels like they got to let some steam out, right, Chris? I mean, yeah. cause the pressure is just building and that's, it's only going to burst if you don't let a little out at a time. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a public service announcement for the team and then, and then a question for Al here, but like, <laughs> cause he mentioned, 
you know, oh, Calgary, maybe, you know, skating angry and playing angry and, and Edmonton or whatever, all that's going on there. Hey, Seattle Kraken, we can we can play angry too. Oh, we yes. can skate angry too. You're allowed to do that. You can go out every game and skate angry. Let's just let's just throw that out there. Yeah. So that's yeah. my PSA. Okay. But the real question I have though for you, Al, is that like it's I, I try to sometimes have my pulse out there on the the app formerly known as as Twitter, um, <laughs> and there seems to be all these arguments, um, and you've already touched on it a little bit with that. Like even if we score three, it seems like we're losing. We can't keep that. We got to score four more which kind of insinuates our offense isn't terrible. It's kind of, it's there, it's middle of the road, but like we're, we're letting goals in, we're losing leads and there's arguments going on about whether it's the goaltending or whether it's the defense hanging, hanging the goaltending out to dry. Now it's probably a combination of both, I guess, but what are your thoughts on that? And like our defense, is it a personnel thing? Is it just, they need to fix some things. We have the right people in the building and they just need to fix it or personnel. What do you think about goal that, that argument that's going on? Well, I'll start from from the goal and work my way out. I, I think in the goal, I'll repeat what I said earlier, which is there is not a clear number one right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, over a, an 82 game season, you're going to have goaltenders that play the majority of those games and you're going to have the, a secondary goaltender that plays, you know, 30 of those games. Um, it's not clear to me right now who that goaltender is that plays the majority of those games. And whoever that goaltender is, is that goaltender that, when you're facing, you know, the the, the Las Vegas Knights, um, you're confident that, that he can keep the game at three goals or less, give you a chance to chance to win. Um, maybe you put your backup goaltender or your secondary goaltender in, not just the easier easier teams, but kind of the middle of the road down. I don't. It's not clear to me which goaltender that is right now, based on how the last you know ten games have gone. So that's number one. Number two, from a, a defense standpoint, this defense. Uh, and, and forwards as well. When we're talking defense, they block a lot of shots. They, you know, they throw their body into a lot of pucks. Now, does that mean that too many shots are being taken? Um, maybe, but they sacrifice their bodies a lot. I think that when you look at some of the goals that are scored against the Kraken, sometimes you see defensive breakdowns. That's stuff that can be worked on. But um, there's there's no obvious defense defenseman on the team where I say, this person's got to go because they're costing us too many goals. Um, on the forward side, I, you, you know, same thing. Lots of shot blocking. What's not, what hasn't, what hasn't uh, broken out yet this season is we don't have a superstar forward, and that was part of their identity last year. Is we had four second lines, and I think maybe that's part of their identity this year so far, but. Um, without a uh, with, without a leader on the forward side, someone that you look to to get uh, clutch goals, uh, you start to look around and go, well, who's going to get it tonight? And it's spread across all four lines. And I, again, I'm okay with that identity, but I, I, I think that over the course of the season, somebody has to break out as being that leader. Last year, it was Matty Beneers. Um, it's not clear to me this year who that person is. Uh, Al, we're, we're, you know, we're new hockey fans ish. Like we've always been aware of hockey and I played the video games growing up, even when we didn't have a team, I always <laughs> wanted my own team and all that. But I mean, we're relatively new here. Right. But this whole captain thing for, for me, yeah. like when do they need to name a captain? Do they need to name a captain? And why not? Like, because it feels like, I don't know. It just, it, to me, it just feels like 
it, 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 you ever been at a party where like you 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 don't know someone's name and maybe even have it wrong, but because you keep not asking them their name, now it's getting more and more awkward. It just feels like the longer they go without naming one of these guys captains, it's just getting more and more awkward and could yeah. lead to some infighting perhaps or some political things going on. I mean, maybe just name one and get it over with. Or is that guy just not here right now? Um. That that's an interesting uh, comment. Um, I would tell you, you know, with, with a gun to my head, there's a probably a handful of players I would pick as a captain, um, if if that was asked of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the idea of having no captain but having alternate captains isn't a terrible idea because it spreads leadership around, especially when you've got uh, guys with A's on both the forwards and defense. You've got leaders in both areas. Those group, like I said, those those assistants come together. Those assistant captains come together. They 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 feel like they're all equal. There isn't one person that's above them. Um, and you know, when it comes down to it, functionally speaking, there's really very little that the captain has responsibility for that the assistants don't. Okay. And when you have when you don't have a captain and you've got four assistants, then anybody can fill that role, mm-hmm. which means anybody can be a leader, which means you've got four leaders instead of one leader and two or three assistant leaders. So I you know, I I'm not against the idea of not having a captain. Um, and, and I honestly don't think that leadership is is an issue as far as what's okay. going on right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was asking. Cause like we watch all the sports, right? Like in football, sometimes they change the captains every game and the captains sort of go out just for the coin flip or something in baseball. Yeah. I think Derek Jeter was the captain, right, yeah. Chris. Yeah. And then yeah. basketball, like, I don't know, <laughs> is LeBron the captain? I don't, I don't even know. So at hockey, it seems that there is this like captain thing. So that's kind of what I was asking is like, how sort of important is it? And I mean, were you on teams that didn't have a captain? Yep. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I, I and so I, and I was on teams that had captains. So right. I have a sense for the difference and it's very little. Um, I think when, when, when you do have a team with a captain, when the referee says, Hey, I need to speak to somebody, where's your captain? Yeah. It's that guy with the C on it that that referee speaks to. But okay. when you don't have a captain, he's got four people to choose from. Okay. You know, there's usually always somebody on the ice that, that, that he can talk to. So, um, other than that kind of a situation, there's very little that a, that a, that a captain has sole responsibility for that an assistant couldn't do. So, okay. um, I also think that, that the Kraken have lots of leadership on their team and, and I wouldn't want to limit it to one guy. Uh, we saw what Vince Dunn, Dunn did the other night, you know, uh, in, in his fight, that was a response to something earlier. I, I believe it was a response to something earlier yeah. in the game. Um, I, I interact with, with, with Jared McCann a little bit and he's, he kind of just like bleeds leadership and the way he conducts himself and the way he talks. And I, you know, I'm not in the dressing room, but I have to believe he's someone that speaks up a lot. Um, so there you got two guys on the forward side and the defensive side that, 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 that lead through their personalities. And, and I'm, I'm okay with having multiple assistants rather than a captain and assistant. Well, let me ask you to look into your uh, crystal puck here, so to speak. What's the yeah. next little bit look like for us here? And um, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about McCann and, and you see these guys, like, are, are they going to get this thing turned around and, and going in the right direction? I mean, we know they have the talent. Yeah, I, I listen. I'm a glass half full guy, so uh, take t- take that into account with with my comments. But um, there's no reason why this team can't go on a winning streak like they did last year. 
Um, I, I still believe the playoffs are, are absolutely uh, the, the goal, and there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs again. I think the only difference between last year and this year is maybe teams aren't taking them quite as lightly as they did last year, which allowed for a few few more wins. Um, I think Matty Veneers is getting a little more attention this year than he got last year. So those two things alone might 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 account for some of the the the, uh, the uh, scores that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. But when you look when you look at the schedule and you say, well, over the next ten games, would you rather play San Jose ten times or would you rather play Las Vegas ten times? I don't know because if you equate San Jose to the Edmonton Oilers and, and the Calgary Flames, um, that hasn't gone so well over the last few games. Yeah. So. I like the idea of playing middle of the pack, upper middle of the pack teams over the next 10 games, because each of those games is going to be a battle that you have to come into it thinking, if I don't go 60 minutes, if I don't go 110%, if I, if I don't support my team, we're not going to win this game. It's those games. I think where maybe you just let off the gas a little bit thinking this will be an easy win for us that those sneak up on you. And we've seen a few of those lately. Producer Katie, you have some business for us to do here. Is there a live read or something? Epic seats, perhaps? Oh, I definitely. Oh, oh, oh you need a microphone. My I do bad. need go a microphone. It. There you uh, go. I want to talk about epic seats. Okay. Because uh, I love epic and seats. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love epic seats. If you, they're a Seattle based company, they're, you know, they're dogs. Did I take that? Right. right. Yeah. Huskies, yeah. go dogs. Go dogs. Take that, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. If you want to, uh, you know, make yourself feel a little bit better about the Kraken, but instead uh, you want to go watch something else, a different sport, Wait, you got to go, no, no. go watch the Seahawks. You no, gotta... if you want to go to seats for anything, <laughs> Kraken games, Husky games, uh, whatever you got. Um, uh, Taylor Swift, Seahawks whoever. Games. Taylor yeah. Swift, they do concerts, everything. It's epicseats.com, everybody. Uh, just go there and buy your tickets and seats. And also, if you have tickets that you're trying to get rid of, they will also help you sell your tickets. Uh, so go to epicseats.com. Um, Al, let's talk about you, my friend. Enough about this hockey team. I want to <laughs> talk to Al. Um, it, it's uh, it's been great listening to you, man, and 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 hearing you on KJR and. I mean, let's just talk about that. How how the transition's been for you joining the team and then working with Fitz and and all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen this this world of uh, color commentating and analysts uh, came up with this Everett Silvertips uh, a couple decades ago. Yeah, um, I'm old, but uh, no. It, listen, it started it started out as uh, an opportunity to jump back into the game. Um, to talk about the game, uh, to, to do something that I could do in addition to my day job. Um, and so once or twice a week, I would head up to Everett four o'clock on a, on a Friday and, and do the call. And the very first game, I knew nothing about it. I put the headphones on, I got a little bit of feedback on what to do, what not to do. And I think, uh, one of the first questions that was asked of me was, you know, what is, what does Everett have to do tonight to win this game? And I was like, score more goals for the other team. <laughs> Seems so simple. It's like, oh, that's all it takes? That was my, that was my first breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully it's gotten a little better since then. Um, but, you know, it really, really what it came down to was being back in that junior environment, 
watching games, talking about games, seeing mm-hmm. how the game has changed since I played it. Um, burning through play-by-play prog- broadcasters up until Mike Benton, my last one, which uh, I left him. I was tired of getting getting left behind and uh, get, get, getting uh, broken up with. I was the person that broke up with Mike. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I loved, the, I loved it. I loved, I loved the 10 years. Really, in all honesty, it was my kids were still in uh, – my boys were still in school sports, and I started looking at it from the standpoint of I was missing out on time with them uh t-ball football etc and i thought i've done this for 10 years i could come back in fact i would like to come back and do it later on in my career picking junior hockey because there was no seattle kraken at that time Mm -hmm. and but i'm not going to be able to come back and go to my kids sports sporting events so i hung up the headset uh did that and seattle came to town with a team um i thought geez is this is this the time Uh, i was uh i was 49 i was thinking I'm not quite ready for that uh, half retirement job, but uh, I'll reach out. And they already had somebody lined up. So that's how I kind of got my name in the hat. And then when Dave Tomlinson left for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, I got a phone call from uh, from Rich Moore from iHeartRadio, and uh, he introduced himself, said, I understand you're interested in the color commentating role for the Seattle Kraken. I didn't know who Rich was. I didn't know who, know who iHeartRadio was. And my response to Rich was, how'd you get my number? <laughs> well because i mean most most of my uh corporate world uh revolves around uh cold calling not for me but for people calling me so i i thought this was a prank or a cold cold call or something i was like gonna that. say if i know rich i don't know if you want to know how he got your number yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so we uh once i got past the it's not a prank uh part of the conversation uh, we talked about it uh I came in, met with him, met with the Fitz. Uh, we did some tape of one of the Colorado playoff games from last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, got, got the opportunity to uh, do the job. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, what about having a team in Seattle finally, right? Like, you played for the Thunderbirds yeah. for all those years. And, and I mean, we knew and we know, Chris and I, meaning uh, growing up there, just that hockey is is and was popular and People wanted a team for so long, and now that it's finally happened, it's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what's really crazy, guys, is is you know, back in 1989-90, I was driving to downtown Seattle to go to the Mercer Arena uh, on the mm-hmm. corner of uh, what is it, Mercer and Fifth or something like that, Fourth, and uh, parking either right in front of the building or across the street and playing in that little 6,000 person arena. Yeah. Uh, they've obviously uh, shut it down, but at that time we, we played there the first year, the second year we played next door in what was the Coliseum, which is now climate pledge arena. And so now I get the opportunity to drive into Seattle and, and walk into climate pledge arena. And yeah, it doesn't look like the Coliseum did when I played there, but heck, I remember we put 12,000 people in there for a Portland game. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool to kind of come full circle, you know, back from playing to, to doing color up in Everett to now being back here in Seattle, uh, talking hockey with this team. Yeah. Well, Al, you're, you're, you're from the Vancouver, greater Vancouver area, right? That's correct. Yeah. But you've been in Seattle for a long time. So I'm just curious. And you mentioned hockey Dave T and he goes up to to Vancouver. Do we have a rivalry yet? I mean, I know that because we finally got a team and everyone was looking at this going to be this Vancouver Seattle rivalry. I, I'm sure 
I'm sure you're going to tell us you stand with the Kraken, but we're two, five and one against the Canucks and has not been pretty going against them. Is it a rivalry? Do we have a rivalry? Well, and, and don't forget, Chris, we wanted to trademark it. The I fivalry. Oh, yeah. If it's a rivalry though, Al, we've stated on this show that it's not a rivalry. They kind of own us right now. Don't they? Well, yeah, and uh, we haven't seen them yet in the regular season, but we're going to a couple of times over the next few games here, and they are red hot right now. Um, and, and, and as far as my, uh, you know, my passions go, yeah, I grew up in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver was a team I, I watched as a kid, but I hated watching hockey as a kid. I wanted to play it. So I, yeah. I, I never wore a, a Vancouver Connects jersey. I never went to a game. We never could afford it. So other than seeing them on TV or on the radio, that was the extent of, extent of my uh, – fandom with vancouver but yes it is my hometown so uh i they are on my on my team's list <laughs> that's okay that's fair if they're number two yes oh man i can see you talk to al all day couldn't you guys For real man absolutely i could but producer katie's waving her arms in the air because we're out of time oh is it oh, but you know what al this is the part where i put you on the spot and just say you have to come back again and regale us with more tales yeah, I mean, listen, guys, uh, we can talk about uh, my time in northern Saskatchewan as a 16-year-old, uh, getting in bench-clearing brawls. Yes. Uh, we can talk yes. about my time in Seattle. Okay, going wait, to hold on. All right. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Music stopped. What happened? How did it start? Who started it? So, okay. I'm 16. I'm in not my first junior hockey game, but guys, look up Flin Flon, Manitoba. It's this tiny little town built on a rock. You got to drive in like a toilet bowl to get to the bottom of it. I think Gene Hackman and, and Ray Romano were in a movie about that place, weren't they? <laughs> and we go into this 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 rank, and I don't know. Midway through the first period, I get a penalty, and the and the the penalty box is on the opposite side of the ice. I'm sitting there, and a line brawl breaks out. Now, keep in mind, they've got five guys on the ice. We've got four. I'm in the box. I look over at my rat, or at my bench, and my coach gives me this sign. <laughs> Two fingers, get out there. Get out there. I, I, I stand up, put my right leg over, over, over the wall to go over, and I look down the ice at their bench, and their entire bench is coming on the ice <laughs> due to me coming out there. I get down to the corner. I look at my bench. They're coming out. I'm, again, guys, I'm 16 years old. Oh, my I'm going, what is happening right now? <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit of a blur. Uh, one or two different guys I was I was interacting with. Uh, somehow the ref – eventually you get tired in these things. You're like, are we going to keep doing this? I think we're done here. But the fans were going crazy. We had a police escort out of town. It was, it was right out of slap shot. Yes. There we go. I love how he put it interacting with. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's a nice, interaction. Like that. That's a nice Canadian way to put it. <laughs> we had interaction. pleasantries. <laughs> yes. I love it. Those are exactly the stories I'm talking about, Al. Yeah. Uh, well, lo lots more of them. I'll come back again and we can tell, we can tell more stories. Well, I was going to ask you. Perfect. So uh, the, I was, the last question I was going to ask you about was is sort of along those lines. The Kraken... Over the next few, we're going to Edmonton and we're going to Vancouver as the away cities. Yeah. Which city would you rather hang out in? I mean, you're going to be oh, in absolutely both. Vancouver. Absolutely. Vancouver. I mean, yeah, listen, that's where you're from. Vancouver is a sister city to Seattle. Yeah. You know, like 
I run into so many people in Seattle that go, oh, you're from Vancouver. I love it so much. I go, you know, Seattle's pretty nice too. Like we're, we're, we're both on the coast where, you know, where we both got mountains. Like there, it's just a Canadian version of Seattle as far as I'm concerned. But so going up to Vancouver feels like I really haven't left Seattle other than the, uh, the money and the accents. Yeah. I've never been to Edmonton though. And I, I got to be honest, I'm I'm so dumb. I didn't even realize how close to Seattle it was my whole life. <laughs> I've never well, been. Fun fact: uh, in Edmonton, you can actually drink when you're uh, 18 years old. So uh, you know you what? don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. J- just just in the in the province of Alberta. Why am so, I just hearing about now? this right Where now? Where have you been? Oh. Uh, 18 year old road growing trip. up Vancouver or uh, or you know Victoria were the only <laughs> Canadian cities I knew everything else just seemed like it was over past Toronto somewhere I don't know yeah exactly yeah exactly well you know what there are, there, there are a few other uh, uh, provinces out there besides those and don't ask me to name them all because I'm not good at geography <laughs> the northern territories what is that the sounds Yukon. like something from Game of Thrones I don't know hey yep. Thanks for checking us out, everybody. This has been Release the Show. Uh, that's Chris, and I'm Brett, and that's producer Katie and Al Kaniski, who just, again, thank you for your time. Um, check him out on KJR it. with Everett Fitzhugh doing the play-by-play of your Seattle Kraken. Um, you throwing out that funnel cakes yet? I don't know if I Well, you know what? I, I missed it on on the last overtime win, but I guarantee you I'm not going to miss it again because I don't know when All we'll right. see another one. <laughs> Shout out to Wiener Schnitzel and uh, EpicSeats.com. Producer Katie, anything else? Any more business? Any contests? Any, anything else? Nope. That's it for us. All right. Uh, email us. It's releasetheshow at gmail.com. Or if you have rants, and I promise we'll read some coming up very soon. It's release the rants at gmail.com. You guys can send anything over there. It's all anonymous, happy, sad, mad, or anywhere in between. That's it for me, Chris. It's all up to you now. Okay. Well, see ya. <laughs>Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.